as you know in scripture there's there's one holy spirit and holy spirit is the author of every single book that's in the bible so if this book that was written over a period of some 1500 years approximately by how many different authors and there's one continuous theme going through then it's a piece of cake for God to get two people up to preach and have the messages to be similar. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very, it's very. Um, Daniel had faith, obviously. I mean, supernatural faith that that took him to that. Um, many, many challenges. The other story there in Daniel is that here he is, quote unquote, a Christian, so to speak. I mean, obviously Jesus hadn't come yet, but he was a believer, a, a strong uh, Jewish person, uh, Israelite, and he had this strong, unbending, unwavering faith in God, even, even in the face of challenge by the authorities. Could we wind up in a place like this in this day and age? Oh, yeah, we, we most certainly could. I mean, as I said, as I said in opening, uh, it, it's happening in, in some parts of the world already. So in moving forward, the question that we need to, to ask ourselves is, is really how much faith do I, do I have in God? You know, and that's a personal question that, uh, that only you can answer. Uh, we all want to be successful in this life, but somehow we still struggle. We, we go to church, we gave ourselves to Jesus Christ and made him our Lord and Savior, but we still kind of struggle. Um, we, we, we go through life and we do everything that we think we should be doing, you know, with, with tithing and we're doing this and we're just praying regularly, reading the Bible regularly, but we're still struggling. So then if we're still struggling like that, then that tells me then that if everything that God has needed to put in place is indeed in place by his word of God, by the word of God, and by the cross on Calvary, all the work that was done, then God's done his part. So then that means that there must be something that I need to do, you know. All things being equal, if I buy a brand new vehicle and I've got the instruction manual and I'm running it the way the manual says to run it, it should be running. You know, if the fender is constantly being bent on the front or if the fender's being constantly bent in the back, it's because I'm doing something wrong like I'm running into poles, okay? <laughs> all right? So it's not the manufacturer's fault. It's not anyone, it's, it's my fault, all right? So maybe then we need to reflect and ask ourselves, um, what is it that God has told me and what is it that I must do, okay? With that, turn to the book of Joshua. What is it that God has told me and what is it that I, that I need to do? Um, we, we need to get to a place that we totally go to Joshua 1. We need to get to a place that we totally understand what God is, is telling us, all right? And this thing about faith and understanding what that faith is. You know, faith is exactly that. It's faith. If I was to tell you all to, to, to stand up, you heard me talk about this before, close your eyes and sit down. Most people don't turn or don't open their eyes to look behind them. They know that the chair is still there. They have faith that no one's moved the chair and they just sit down. But when it comes down to the word of God, for some reason, we still seem to, to kind of waver. But so I want to get a few things planted under our belts before we get into the heart of the message here. But looking at Joshua number one, um, uh, Joshua 1 and starting with verse 1 now after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua the son of Nun Moses minister saying Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I, I do give to them even to the children of Israel 
Every place of the sole of your foot shall tr- that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Now this is this is a promise. God says, Every place that you step, God has given to you. And he said that to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your border. So God's saying, This will be your land. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now, if you have not have the already underlined, please underline it. It said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So that's a message to us right now. As God was with Moses, God hasn't changed. He's made the same promise to us. As he was with Moses, so he'll be with me. So that means then, how do I process that in my mind? Well, I have to say, well, then that means that God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. So if God is with me, then that means I shouldn't be worried. I shouldn't be concerned about this that's going to happen because God is with me. Verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Underline strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the, um, the sand which I swore, the land that which I uh, swore unto thy fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, underline again, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. So then now he's saying, then all of these things I promised you, all you have to do is obey me. Something else to be remembered. Okay, God will do all of this. He's promised. All I have to do is to follow his commandments and don't go look to the left or to the right. You see? And I kind of heard that in the prophecy that came through about being distracted. Okay, because what God is saying is that distractions are going to enter into our lives. And we need to be aware of that, not to be pulled to the side and getting our eyes off of what God is saying to us. This book of the law shall not depart out out of thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So what is he saying there then? The book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, you should meditate therein day and night. So that means that I don't read the Bible once a week, and that's on Sunday, you know, when I'm forced to read it because I'm sitting in church. You know, that's when I read the Bible because I'm in, and the rest of the week you don't pick it up, you don't even crack it open. You know, some people have these beautiful, what I call coffee table Bibles. You know, a thing weighs about 500 pounds, so you can't move it and carry it with you anyway. Even if you wanted to carry it into the bedroom, it's too heavy to carry. So it sits there collecting dust. Oh, no, they probably dust it off to keep it nice and clean. But opening it up has never been cracked. You know, the binding is still stiff. Okay, but this says day and night. So it means that not only are you to understand that God is with you to be of good courage, and here's how to make sure you're keeping that courage. You meditate upon it. You think about it there day and night, and then observe to do according to all that is written. So that means that we just don't read the Bible you know, like we're reading a comic book, you know. You, you, you do what it says in a book. You know, you ever see anyone set out to make a chocolate cake, a fancy new chocolate cake, and they grab the recipe book? Well, guess what? If you don't follow what's in the recipe, how good is that cake going to be? Amen? Amen? So you got, so people will follow a recipe book when it comes down to the Word of God, though they don't necessarily do it. So, so then you shall have good success. And then lastly, in verse number 9, have I not commanded be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Please the line, be not afraid. Thinking about Daniel. Okay, Daniel was not afraid. He went into the lion's den. Um, neither be thou dismayed. Don't be troubled. Things come into our lives as Christians, and we get troubled. You know? 
when you first hear that bad news or you get something that's disappointing, yes, it may bother you, may your stomach may have a little knot in it, but that shouldn't last you that long because, first of all, you remember the words that you just read here that God said that he was going to be with you, and he is with you, all right? So it says, be, and, and be of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. Okay, now remember that, wherever you goest. Now, this is Joshua, you know, this is what God is saying, saying to Joshua, to the people of Israel, in essence, all right? So then we turn to the book of Numbers. Okay, we go to the book of Numbers, and we see, we see a, we see, we see kind of a, kind of a, of a, of a different, different behavior here, even though this is going, going backwards in time a bit, but go to Numbers, verse 13. This is where God is telling them about this land, you know, that they're going to go and spy out and so forth. And then we're not going to go through the whole thing, but we're going to start at verse number, I'll just start with verse number one. We'll read a few of those verses just to set the tone, then we'll jump ahead. But 13, Numbers 13, verse number one. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Okay, now first of all, he said, this is God saying, go search the land that I give to the children of Israel. So, to me, there's no doubt in my mind. God said to go search the land that he gave. Okay, so that means that that's my land. Why? God said it, you know. Now, if I tell you to go down to... Fifth and Main Street, and go search out the land and that house because I'm giving it to you. Well, you look at me and you probably say, Pastor, you feeling all right? Okay, I mean, well, what does that mean if I say it? But if God says to you to go search out that house on Fifth and Main because I give it to you, then how many people in this room would believe that God is giving it to you? Amen? I mean, how many would actually have that belief deep in their spirits, all right? Uh, which, which I give the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent, from, sent, from, uh, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men... Uh, were heads of the children of Israel, okay? So then we fast forward a little bit here and go down to verse number 26. Okay, he tells them to go see the land and so forth. And verse 26 says, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land to which thou sentest and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the edge of the Jordan. So here they are again throwing up obstacles, okay? So here I'm seeing a couple of things developing here. That happens in Christians' lives so much. God has made you a promise. We heard from just reading Joshua 1.9 about God said he's going to be with you to be of good courage. He's made you that promise. He's told you all of these things. And now all of a sudden they are interpreting something different. So what's happening here? What's going wrong in this transaction? There's something going on with their thinking. Something is going wrong with their thinking. So if God has made a promise to you and you've read it in the word of God, and if you've known enough to take the word of God personally, you really, 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 really deep in your spirit believe the word of God, 
Yes, though something is happening in your life that you're struggling with, has the word of God changed? No, I promise you it has not. As I said when I was driving the car before, if the instruction manual says this is how you should operate and you would be okay, and I'm constantly showing up with, with, with bumps, uh, cracks in my fender, then I'm the one doing something wrong. So we need to at some point start asking ourselves here, then maybe am I doing something wrong here? How am I viewing things? These guys went up there and they said the land was filled with milk and honey, but then in verse number 28, what do they say? Nevertheless, however... And then the obstacles come up. You see? And this is what we do in our lives. God has made a promise to you in His Word. That promise that He's made in His Word can span a, a gamut of things that will happen in your life. From bearing a child, from getting a job, to graduating school, to getting your first house. That promise spans many events that will happen in your life. You know God said, be strong and of good courage because I am with you. But then yet still, all of a sudden, though, we see one little thing that seems it's going to be a blockage. And then it becomes insurmountable. And then all of a sudden, there's giants in our land. And we start putting up the obstacles in our minds. And now quickly, we've forgotten what, what uh, Joshua 1.9 said. To be strong and of good courage because I, the Lord thy God, am with you. You see? So we see these things in our lives and then our thinking, our little minds up here, get the churning and sees the obstacles and we put the obstacles in front of us. You see? Listen, this is a whole separate sermon, so I don't want to get there too much. But this is where you are letting your mind govern your life instead of your spirit. All right? And a whole other sermon is on walking in the spirit. But that's when you're living your life walking based on the word of God and what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Not what you are experientially seeing in your life, in the natural, that in your mind, your little puny mind starts to thinking and you start thinking about why you won't achieve it, why there's giants in the land, why there's Amalekites in your land, where God said... You're going to have that baby. You're going to have that job. You're going to graduate from school. You're going to get that house. All of the things that you're praying for, God is telling you, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. But then we put these obstacles there. Right? So there's something then with the mind and how we are thinking. Maybe it's time that we realize that many of our, I won't say failures, but many of our hindrances that we experience in life is because of how we're thinking. And that is all in our minds, okay? It goes on to say in verse number 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. Now he's talking with confidence. Underline that, please, and, and, and write in your margin, confidence in God. Okay? He sees that and he says right away, let us go up and take it with confidence. Because Caleb, he remembers what God told him. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Here goes a negative confession again. All right? You see? And there you'll find people in your life like that. Oh, my goodness. You'll find family, especially. <laughs> those that love you. <laughs> those that love you sometimes. They know what's best for you. You know, a close friend. They'll know what's best for you, you know. And you go, so I'm going to get that out there. Oh, that's, oh, that's totally out of your means. Are you kidding me? You make $2 an hour. How are you going to get that house? <laughs> you know, totally out of, out of your means, you know. You see, and, 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 and you're saying, and, and in your spirit, you know, you know, God showed me that house. When I went in to view it, I felt the comfort there. I felt the peace. 
Everything that I needed was in that house. The rooms, the layout was just as we were looking. I, I, I just know in my spirit that that house resonates with me, you know. And, and, and you and the missus or you and the hubby walk there and you're all happy. And, you know, a half hour later, oh, what's the check? Oh, that house? Oh, gosh, didn't you know? You know, and oh, you'll never, you see, you see, but these are the people, you see. The word of God is timeless. The word of God is living, as God said. His word is living. It just, it just, it just didn't stop with Joshua. And, and, and the spies that went to the land, it continues into today because it happens in our lives. It happens in my life. You know, countless times, if I didn't have faith, God, I, faith in God, I would have just totally folded up and just stopped what I was doing. Amen? 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 Okay, so right away they're coming in. We're not able to go up against the people when they are stronger than we. Verse 32. <laughs> and they, You know, I mean, it just makes me, it makes me annoyed when I, if I can just picture that, how they're looking, you know. And Caleb, in the meantime, is, man, let's go do it, you know. Let's go get it. God said, God said, God said, let's go do it. All right? So, and then verse 32 says, and they brought up an evil report on the land, a bad report. They brought up an evil report on the land, which they had searched uh, unto the children of Israel, saying, the land though which we have gone to search it, through which we have gone to search it, is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. In other words, there's a lot of infighting. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, who come of the giants. And we were, underline this, in our own sight... We were in our own sight, in our own sight, as grasshoppers, and so we and so we were in their sight. Okay? Now, no confidence, fear. As I said, we are in our own sight. They're not viewing themselves as God was viewing them. God said, I gave you the land. Take these people, take these men, do this and do this. God had given them the land. You see? This is what we do to ourselves all the time. All the time. We invite failure into our lives because we don't see ourselves as God sees ourselves. Okay? So where is that? It goes back to driving that car again. If I'm getting cracks in my fender, because I'm running into things. It's not because the manufacturer said this is how you should drive it. So if God said... Amen. Amen. I'm trying to break it down and make it real to you because this is this is no it's no more complex with the word of God. God is saying this is the way it is in your life. God is saying that I'm giving you this choice vehicle, but we're the ones that's wrecking it because of the way we think. You see, we don't view ourselves as God views us. You don't view yourself as God views you. Amen? Amen? God loves you. I mean, He's got His arms around you. Many times when we slip and fail, I think there's a tear in God's eye. You know, He still picks down and reaches down and picks us up and grabs us back to His bosom and He still loves us. He's saying, you are one of... You, you, I, I love you with a love that you'll never understand. What did we say last week? You know, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen? So we have to stop seeing ourselves as we see ourselves and listening to those around us. You know, the, the, the giants in your life are too great for you, but we have to see ourselves as we, as God sees ourselves, okay? So again, it goes back to how we are thinking, all right? Now, verse number, uh, chapter 14 and verse number 1, as we read a few of these scriptures, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Now, you see what happens? You get a few of them say, we're, we're, owning their own, we're grasshoppers, and so we are we're in, their, in their sight. First of all... <laughs> They didn't stop to talk to the Amalekites. Did the Amalekites tell them, 
We view you as grasshoppers. There's no, <laughs> there's no mention here of an exchange of conversation between the people that they saw in the city that they thought saw, saw them as grasshoppers. There's no indication in Scripture that those people there told them, get away from us, you puny things. You have nothing to get away. It doesn't say that at all. They viewed themselves as being less than anything, as grasshoppers. So therefore, they put the projection of themselves on the other people. You see? They put the projection of themselves onto other people. All right? So it's small wonder when we as Christians and whatnot, when we are, are, are in front of or are around those people that are non-believers, if you're viewing yourself as being a grasshopper, then guess what? That's how they're going to perceive you as being a grasshopper. And so when it comes down to you um, mentioning Jesus Christ and trying to bring them to the Lord, if they're going to they're look at you and say, well, gee whiz, if that mealy-mouthed, milk-toast guy is this so-called child of God, I don't want to be anything to deal with that. You know, here I'm not a child of God. I got more oomph than he does. I don't want to, you know, you see what I'm saying? So, so what, how they were perceiving themselves by the way they were thinking, they also said they viewed us in, the, in, that, in, that, in that fashion. And then as a result of that, they infected others. They infected others. It says that, that they cried, the people, verse number one, lift up their voice and they, and they wept that night. Okay, so here you are supposed to be the leader of the pack, <laughs> all right, and here you are acting so wimpy and everything, you got no faith and no strength for your own life, then how can you lead those that are around you, other family members? And God sends you on a mission to minister to other family members. Your strength is where they draw strength. Amen? Is where they draw strength. Okay? If there are those in your family that are faltering, and, and, and if, if you are also faltering, I mean, who's going to run to you for help? You know? you got a car that keeps getting pulled off the road. You're going to go buy another car that gets pulled off the road? Amen? You don't want someone that's going to be as wimpy or more wimpy than you are. You're looking for someone with some strength. You see? So right away, they infected the other people. Say that the people wept. Then verse number 2. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Here they go. Now they're having a real pity party. All right? Then God sends them to a place where he says, this is the land I'm going to give you. They come back all psyched out, you know, looking at themselves and saying they're, they're giants. They don't think highly of us. They come back and they tell the people. They get all scared and now they're crying and everything. And then right away they're saying, why don't we go back into the land that we came from? Why don't we go back into the land of bondage? Right? When the challenges in your life get to be that challenging... And if you're not strong in believing what God is saying through his word, that he's with you, that he's already given this thing to you, amen, amen, and then you start folding like this, if you're not careful, you wind up saying, I was so much better off before I knew the Lord. When I wasn't a Christian, it was a whole lot easier. I didn't have these things I had to go through. My gosh, my gosh. They're saying, send us back to Egypt. Well, it would have been better off if we had died sinners, if you will. It would be better off if I had died before I knew Jesus Christ. They're saying, let me go back to the, present to, the, to the previous state of being in bondage. Or would God we had died in this wilderness? Okay, they wanted to go back. Verse number 3. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be praying? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? Please my word, not better for us to return unto Egypt. You see? Now here they, they've totally forgotten what God had said to them. 
Go to the land that I have given you. And we have to understand something, too, that in God's realm, he's in one continuous now. When God says, I've done this for you, this is a done deal. It's already happened in God's realm. It's just that it hasn't necessarily manifested yet in, your, in our physical realm. But it's a done deal. We just have to just sit and wait and do what God is telling us to do. All right? So they said, were it not better for us to return to Egypt. Verse 4. And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Gee whiz. And these, I, all of the things that these, the miracles and things that they've seen. Let, let us go back to Egypt. All right? Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly, uh, all the assembled congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb. Okay, now, Joshua and Caleb, they were two that withstood that crowd, withstood that crowd of unbelievers. Only two. All right? So, Changing our thinking. Brother Brandon talked about thinking about what you would do if you were in Daniel's place. If you were challenged like this, where those in your family, your friends, or whomever it was that was saying you weren't going to succeed, you weren't going to accomplish this, you weren't, you weren't going to, to, it wasn't going to come to pass what God was telling you, how strong would you be to stand your ground? Or are you just one of those people that just kind of goes along with the tide? All right? Because everybody else says it's okay. Everybody else is having a pity party, so I'm going to join in the pity party. And yeah, let me go back to Egypt. Even though maybe deep in my spirit, again, as Brother Brandon was saying, maybe deep in your spirit you know it's something that you shouldn't be doing. But yet still, rather than stand up for what you know is right, you're going to go along with the crowd. Okay? This, my brothers and sisters, this will indeed come to pass in your life if it hasn't already. I believe it's going to be even more so. I believe the way things are going, the challenges against the Christ, uh, Jesus uh, church, the church of the living God are going to become more and more challenging. All right? So just because people on your street, people in your neighborhood, people in your family, your, your circle of friends are all going in one direction, if they're going someplace where the word of God tells you not to go, how strong are you going to be? Are you going to be like the rest of these people and want to go back into a sinful life or give up and stop attending church? Amen? Amen? So many times I've seen Christians, because something goes wrong, all of a sudden there's something that drops into their life that, yes, it's not a good thing. Jesus said that we will have trials and tribulations. Jesus said that there will be times that things not so good will happen to us. Amen? That doesn't send us away from the cross. If anything, it should make you run closer to God, make you dig in your heels more, and not get turned, turned off by the fact that this thing didn't come to pass in my life, so now I'm going to blame God. God, everything you told me was a lie. That lion pastor stood up there and was saying this, you know, and man, I gave him my money and gave him this, and I'm there for Sunday, and he told me all these lies, and this, this, that's it, I'm done. I'm done. And storm out and start hanging back out at the bar and start doing this and start doing it because you turned on God. All right? And you sit there and you look and I can tell by some of the looks on your faces that oh, that's incredulous. That would never happen. Trust me, it does. It does. I've known many people over the years because something did not happen in their life the way they thought it should happen and had maybe prayed for, okay, and thought they heard God but didn't, you see. Because as we know from our other sermons and study and Bible studies, what voice will often sound like God to you? <laughs> yourself. Okay, because yourself has a way of lying to you because it's something that you really want. Okay, and something that you really want will sound good to you. Say, oh yeah, God told me to do this. Amen, amen. Then it doesn't happen. Then people blame God for it. 
You see, you see, so, so, so you, you can't let yourself go there. Again, you've got to change your thinking, all right? And, and the way that happens, as it says, God said here, said, you meditate on my word day and night. That's where it starts. You stay in prayer. You go into that prayer closet Brother Brandon was talking about. You, you stay in, you block out the outside, the external forces there. You block out the yakking mouths of all of those that would be around you. You know, if you think of, uh, who is it, uh, Charlie Brown, Peanuts, Womp, 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 right? Okay. All those voices that go off in your head. Instead of listening to God, you block those voices out because everyone wants to give you good advice. Amen? Amen? So, so you can't be swayed. You have to be strong like Joshua and Caleb against the, court of, the crowd of believers. They were not going to go back to Egypt. So verse number 6 again says, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were uh, of them that searched the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is a very good land. If the Lord uh, delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Please highlight all of verse number 8. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not you against the Lord. Rebel not against the Lord. Neither fear you the people of the land. For they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with them. Fear them not. You see, now that's beautiful. Highlight all of that too. It says, fear not those people. Fear not. Don't worry about those people that are coming against you, that are telling you the thing that God has promised you or is going to do for you or you're going to excel in or you're going to be victorious in. Don't listen to what those other people are saying and those people that are opposing you. You know, you know, again, we've all had people that oppose us in thoughts and ideas and actions. They want us to do something else or go another way or, 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 or are maybe openly being aggressively or aggressively challenging you. God is saying, don't fear them. Don't fear them. Amen. So if you've got, you've got something in your life that is pending, there's something going on that you're, you're waiting to happen and, and those that are coming against you, whatever that may be, don't fear that because God is with you. And they will be bred for you. In other words, you will be victorious over them. You'll be victorious over them. Okay? And then he says, um, and, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. Verse number 10, not all the congr- but all the congregation demanded to stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation uh, before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? How long will it be before they believe me for all the signs which I have shown them? Okay? And then we're going we're to pause there. We're going to stop there. So then we see here, so God has shown them now that he's getting kind of fed up here. But again, it's, it's their thinking. It's their mind. Okay. So now we've established the fact that when people are challenging you, and things are not going right in your mind, and you're, you're kind of vacillating with the word of God here. It's not God's word that is at fault, okay? It's how we're thinking. So now let's go to Ephesians 4. And these will be the last scriptures. scriptures. Ephesians 4. Okay? Ephesians 4. Okay? Got to change our thinking. Maybe it's all in the mind, the issues that we have, the troubles that we have going on. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 14, we're gonna, uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 17. 
Ephesians 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their minds, okay? So in other words, that means don't do as people that are non-believers in the vanity of your minds, thinking that you're bright enough and smart enough to solve your own problems, <laughs> okay? Yeah, God wants us to do some things, but, but we're not supposed to look at the ultimate answer being what we're going to come up with. We need to make sure we're doing what God would want us to do. So the smart thing, the only smart thing that you can do is to consult God for the important, for all the things in your life, not just the important things, but all the things in your life. But he's saying you don't walk as other non-believers do or Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, okay? Alienated there meaning separated from God, spiritually dead, because, and it says there, that, um, from the life of God through the ignorance of that, because of the blindness of the heart. Because they're blind, they don't understand God. They're alienated from God, so therefore they can't hope to understand the things that you do. All right? All right? they, they cannot hope to, 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 to garner the wisdom, to gather the wisdom of Holy Spirit because they simply don't believe. Amen? Okay? So he's just saying this. So don't walk like them. Don't be like them. Verse 19. Who, the same people who are non-believers here, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness. You see, so those that are unbelievers, if you will, are those that are gone into being doing things that are lascivious, greediness, and unclean things and everything. Verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ, if so, be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Okay, underline that. The truth is in Jesus. All right? You know... You want to get philosophical, and I remember back in the 60s and early 70s, we'd be sitting around with jazz playing, and we were in school, and one people want to sit around and philosophize, and what is the meaning of life, and what is truth? I wish I had known or was able to spout forth, you want to know what truth is? The truth is Jesus. That's the bottom line. All truth can be summed up in Jesus Christ. Okay? He's Alpha the Omega, Beginning end, I mean the whole bit. All right, so you want to know what truth is? This is this is this is is, is what truth is. Give themselves um, as the truth is in Jesus. And then your, your your Bible may have a colon there. Okay, now obviously these uh, punctuation marks and verses, numbers, and things were added later on. But there's a colon there because this is what the truth is. The truth is in Jesus. Colon that you put off. Concerning the former manner of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? Of your mind. Underline the mind. Okay? And be renewed in your mind. So what that is saying is that this is a truth. The old man, the old you, the way you used to behave, you, you put that off, you put that away. The old way that you used to behave, you know, in, in addition to whatever it is that you gave up doing, you know, whatever it was that you gave up doing that was counter to the word of God. The old man is also the way you used to think. The way you used to think. Okay? When you leave here today, put off that old man that may be in your mind if you were thinking some other way other than what you're reading here in the word of God today. 
Put that away. It, it, says, it says, put that away. You, 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 you put off concerning the former man of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The true holiness. Put on the new man, which is, which is uh, after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Underline that. Neither give place to the devil. You know? And you'd be surprised that simply going to bed angry at someone can just ruin things for you. Because it's putting a seed and a spirit of unforgiveness in, in your heart. And don't give place to the devil. Don't do anything that you know is counter to the word of God. Don't give him one iota of an entry, entryway into your life. Let him that stole, uh, let him that stole steal, uh, steal no more. Uh, still more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may um, have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying or building up, that it may minister unto the hearers. Okay? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Then it goes on to talk about letting bitterness and so on go out of your, 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 your body and so, your mind and spirit. But then the main, the main scripture that I want to close on though, is verse number 23 where it says, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. All right? So that means then obviously that God is telling us here that we need to, to, to think about how we, are thinking, how we are thinking about things and especially the word of God. And the most challenging part there is to get out of the habit of acting from your mind. You know, you see, the, <laughs> everything in God's realm is tied to the spirit because the spiritual realm is the true and the only reality All right, now someone's going to think oh gosh here he goes here All right. um, the word of God says that all things that were created and were made came from Jesus God, Jesus, Holy Spirit pre-existed physical things things that are, that are here the things that are in the spirit realm God spoke into being through his word, and also God, believe it or not, having faith in his own word that it could create. So the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm, all right? So if we are to be walking in the spirit, that means that the Holy Spirit is the one that's guiding us. The Holy Spirit talks to your spirit, all right? And then your spirit should be giving direction to your mind. Your mind is the seat of your intellect, your personality, your emotions, and so on. And then from what your mind decides to do, that's what the physical body carries out. All right? The problem is, many of us, even as Christians, we don't let the spirit guide our minds. We let the actions that we wind up carrying out is a result of our, of our, of our mind and not what the spirit is telling us. All right? Because the mind is kind of a check valve. Holy Spirit is sending you a message through your spirit, and then if you haven't conditioned yourself to act based on what the Spirit of God is telling you to do, that direction from Holy Spirit is going to come up into your mind, and your mind is going to say, gee whiz, they were right. I make $2 an hour. How am I going to buy that house? You see what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Okay? okay? Because you try to rationalize how what God is saying in the spiritual realm is going to happen because God transcends all this. God can, 
God goes beyond physics and the norms of science and everything because God created all of that. You see, so if Holy Spirit, God is telling you, Holy Spirit, that this is going to happen in your life, you can't get to the point that your mind is going to check that and second guess it. There are giants in the land. What did the scripture say? We went there and we saw. Remember the word of God says that we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Okay, there's a reason why God says that, because if we look at our surroundings, we will start shutting down what God said is possible for us to do. So if God says to you, you're going to get that house, you know, you know regardless of the fact that you're making $2 an hour, you're going to get that house. And how will he do that? Either through a promotion or something's going to happen or the price will drop. I don't know, you know, but God will make that happen for you. But the problem is, though, with renewing your mind, we many times don't do that because we don't let our spirit do the renewing. You follow what I'm saying? Okay, okay. You, you, you cannot go through, through life letting God guide you if you're going to be second-guessing God with your mind or with your intellect, because the things of God cannot be learned and cannot be known through, through an intellectual method. All right? it, it's, it's a spiritual thing. All right? and, 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 and this is where you will get to the point, if you're trusting in God and you're, you're, you're really studying His Word and you're praying personal time with the Lord, you're really spending time with Him, this is where you will get to the point that you will know things that you shouldn't know. And I don't, I don't mean shouldn't know in the fact that God doesn't want you to know it. But you'll know things and you'll have no reasonable explanation as to why you know it. You'll know things before someone calls you. You'll know things that are about to happen in your life. You'll know things that are happening in the lives or about to happen in the lives of your loved ones. Okay? And this is something that cannot be explained away intellectually. You know? You know? And, and, and even then, you've you, you got to make sure you be careful because then you have to make sure that if you're seeing that in other people, that this is God that's doing that because you don't want to talk about becoming a psychic. You know? I had someone actually say that one time. Oh, what are you, psychic? I say, no, God forbid, I'm not psychic at all. You know, psychic is a, is a cult. You know, you know, Holy Spirit does reveal things. Walking in the Spirit, these are things as God knows that he can trust you more and that you start maturing in him, God will take you to various levels and things that are written in this book will become very much a part of your life. But it has to be a conditioning and a changing of your mind and a renewing of your mind. There's other scriptures that says that your mind is, your mind is renewed day by day. Day by day, day by day, right? So you got to get to the point that you realize that that renewal process is going on and that you give in and let Holy Spirit guide you. You know that God is telling you something. You don't go checking it with your mind and trying to rationalize and think through why this can't happen. Because then you'll be just like these spies who went to the land and said there are giants in the land and they view us as grasshoppers. No one told them that. No one told them that. Plus, just the opposite. God said they were going to take the land. Amen? Amen? So I pray that this message has been a blessing for you. Think about it. Chew on it. Meditate on it. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.